What's up, guys? Week four is here of college football. I'm going to talk about the big matchups this week. One of the greater weeks of college football I've seen in a while in terms of matchups. I'm jo- I'm Robert Ventulin, joined by Alec Eade and Trent Wasser, like always. What's up, guys? That was a roller coaster of a week. Yeah. Trent and Alec are both 3-0 and wearing those shirts for their respective teams. So uh... <laughs> I haven't watched it. I haven't watched it. <laughs> so uh, with that said, guys, uh, I, I, I we've been talking about this since week two. Week four is finally here. We have some awesome matchups. So many big games this week. Uh, what we're going to do this time around is we're going to talk about all the big games in week four and then talk about some of the team's uh, performances last week. That's the best way to do it, we think. Uh, like always, thanks for watching at home. Appreciate it. I know the pod's doing well for uh, for me. It's also doing well. Five reasons, and the YouTube channel is growing a little bit. So thanks for all the support, guys. Appreciate it. With that said, let's get right into it, guys. So um, let's let's start with uh, Alex. Uh, Florida State obviously is wearing the jersey. Um, let's be honest, a big scare last week in Boston College. I believe the penalties were eighteen to one. Um, in favor of Florida state. Um, it was kind of weird. They were at home and they just couldn't get a call. And there was a terrible face mask at the end, uh, which basically gave Boston college, no chance to come back. They did stop FSU, but they bonehead play by the Boston college player. And uh, FSU survives. I like, I'll start with you first. What was your uh, reaction to that game? Uh, definitely roller coaster game. Um, you know, there was a uh, in the first half. It was pretty back and forth. Uh, we couldn't really get anything going, but the only thing that was saving us was the BC penalties. We were really lucky that um, those penalties kept, you know, care, uh, stacking up for BC. I think that we have a solid chance of losing that game if they have like ten penalties, which is still a lot as opposed to, you know, their record-breaking um, penalties, but. You know, we were up 31 to 10 uh, after having a close start. Uh, it seemed like we were pulling away. And then just a couple of unfortunate plays, um, specifically Toa Feely's uh, fumble in our own territory, uh, which I believe they took to the house, which made it a close game. But even after that, it just seemed like we – could not get anything going offensively, uh, especially in the fourth quarter after looking really good in the third quarter. Um, so it's definitely mm-hmm. a concern for me. I mean, you know, going away uh, to BC, we've had issues there before. And um, there's a couple of teams in the ACC that are always tough to play. In a way game against, like last year, we beat this BC team by a handful when we were playing them at home. But it was a red bandana game. They really showed out. Um, fortunately, the Knolls came out on top. And, you know, however you, you get the win, it's still a win. It is sloppy. But, um, you know, no, no reason to go running for the hills just yet, considering we still won the game. So uh, I hope it was a wake-up call for the team moving into this coming week. Yeah, look, um, Alec and Trent. Good teams are are going to have one or two scares this year for, for, against teams they should win. Uh, you see that very team. We saw that with Georgia uh, a little bit. But, uh, look, last year this is a game I believe FSU loses the, the way that went, that game went. But uh, we saw a big change this year in FSU. 
And uh, Jordan Travis did go down uh, right before the half, but uh, ended up bouncing back and being okay. But uh, last year, I don't think this is a game they win, but this year's team is different. They, they, they overcame some controversy and uh, look, they, they won the game. That's the most important. So what do you think about that Trent? Yeah. I mean, FSU fans probably aren't going to be the happiest because that's two weeks in a row. They'll probably say their team played sloppier than they'd like. Um, but you know, it, you're right. You know, there's sometimes there's just there's a week or two where you just don't have your best game. Clearly, this wasn't FSU's best game, and you know those the the good teams, those are the games that you still find a way to win. Um, in this case, they did. You know, they even though I mean, in the the, the start of that third quarter, they looked really good. Like they they Boston College had no answer for them. They were just walking right down the field on them. Uh, the offense just looked super efficient, just chunk play after chunk play after chunk play, and then as we all saw, kind of fell apart from there. But, you know, it's still, you know, Boston College isn't the greatest team, but it still was a, a high-energy environment, the bandana game. Um, their quarterback was actually making a lot of plays. He looked he looked like he was pretty good on uh, Castellanos. But, you know, like I said, the good teams will, will find a way to win the games that are not playing well in, and that's what Florida State did. So it's concerning a little bit maybe just because it's been two weeks in a row where the offense hasn't, you know, impress as much as, as people would like to see, but they're still super talented. They're still a very good team and they have a lot, you know, a lot to show when it's a long season. So I think, I think they're all right. Yeah. All right. With that said, let's uh, go into week four here. Look, they play Clemson at home. Alec has had this game circle in his calendar since we sit really for about a year now. Um, look, Clemson is not obviously ranked, but uh, that doesn't really change my mind in terms of how tough a game this is going to be. It's a great home field uh, advantage, Death Valley. Uh, you still have a great coach, um, great team still. They Obviously, they have their rough spots, but Clemson at home is, is going to be a tough, tough ask. But, uh, look, I believe Florida State can go in there and do it. But, uh, Alec, I'll start with you again. What are your expectations for this game? Obviously, it's huge. Really, if you win this game, I think you guys are, are in the driver's seat for a while. Um, so what do you think about it? Definitely uh... – I think the biggest game on our schedule, including the LSU game, just because of the conference implications. Um, and all year long, I've had <clears throat> concern about this game. Personally, I've been thinking, you know, we're gonna, we're probably gonna lose that game going into the season. And then obviously Clemson comes out and has a poor showing in their first game against Duke and loses. So that gave me a little bit of confidence, and I've kind of gone back and forth. I, I really don't know where I lean on this game. Um, but just kind of thinking about the two coaches, and obviously Dabo's established. He's played in plenty of big games before. Mike Norvell, this will be his uh, third game against Dabo because I believe the COVID year, the Clemson game, got canceled, which was uh, very fortunate for us because we probably would have got curb stomped. So we didn't end up having to play them in our worst year. Um, and even in our second year, when we weren't that good, we played them in the second half of our season and um, put up a, a decent performance for being a five and seven team uh, at Clemson. I think there was a point where, you know, we, we may have had it. We, w we may have been close in that game and just Clemson was the better team last year they came into our house and they got a really big lead early and we try to chisel away at it. Um, 
And I think it came down to like a fumble or something where maybe we could have scored and send it into OT or something. But obviously Clemson got way ahead and they were able to maintain that lead. So they've, they've beaten us seven years in a row. This would be the – they're going for their eighth win in a row against Florida State where previously we pretty much dominated the rivalry. Um, and, you know, I, I think – you know, I don't know if you guys remember, but last year I didn't pick against the Knowles one time, uh, even though we lost those three games in the middle, one of them the Clemson. And um, I just believe that uh, we can win this game. And, um, you know, we're, we're a very slim favorite. But I think that uh, this is a team that everybody will rise to the occasion for. And I think the difference maker in this game will be um, – the experience of the team. I was looking at both of our depth charts and we got a lot uh, more veteran group uh, on our end. And, you know, if we, if we could pull it out, it would be close because Clemson's a tough place to win, but I think we can do it. And if we're going to be where we want to be, uh, we got to win this game. If we don't win this game, but it's close, we still have a chance to play them at the end of the year, but we really want to win this game. So I'm going to pick the Knowles, uh in a, in a close one. Yeah, you said it well, Alec. Um, this is gonna really be a, a tale of two stories here. Clemson wins, their their playoff hopes are still alive. And I still believe if it's if it's close, FSU's too, because I do believe they would meet in the ACC championship. Uh, but if Clemson loses, man, that's that's their season right there in terms of any chance to make the championship. And uh if FSU wins this game, I mean, obviously we've we've talked about this numerous times. We saw the schedule. I really believe they were my playoff pick, so I, I have them winning here. Um, my, my biggest reason as to why I know you're in death Valley is kid club, Nick. I don't want to put all the blame on him, but he's been extremely inconsistent. The line hasn't been playing that great. The receivers are good, but it's just from the, from the eye test, man, the Clemson just doesn't look the same in my opinion, but Hey, they are home. Dabble Sweeney is a great coach. You know, he's going to get them ready. Um, I, I think it's going to take more of a rabbit out of the hat for Clemson to win. Cause I just think FSU is really good. But, uh, what do you think about this Trent? You know, this is a, there's just a lot on the line for this game for both teams, like you both mm-hmm. said. Um, I think, you know, obviously FSU the last two weeks hasn't really showed up the way, the way they wanted, but they're gonna, they, they've are gonna they had this game circled on the calendar for a long time. If there's a game they're going to show up for, it's this one, because Clemson's mm-hmm. had their number for close to a decade. There's seniors on the team that know what it means to play Clemson, and what, you know, but they don't know what it means to, like, to actually beat Clemson. So, um they're hungry. So FSU was really hungry to be Clemson. Last year, they, they got close. That was a winnable game. Um, and, you know, this is the, the the redemption year. This is the year that they that they want to break the chain. And they, you know, but on the flip side, uh, this, is, this is a desperation game for Clemson. So I would expect to see a very desperate Clemson team because if they lose this game, like you said, it's like a dagger to their ACC reign. Um because they're basically handing over the throne to Florida State if they lose this game at home, uh, in my opinion. So, and like you said, uh, not totally sold on Club Nick. Uh, I don't want to. I don't want to underestimate Clemson because they do have a lot of talent on their team. Dabo still the head coach. Say whatever you want about the guy, but uh, still super talented Clemson team, um, and they're going to be desperate. And at the same, but at the same time, Florida State is going to be hungry. Uh, the last time Florida State got amped up for a big game it was LSU. 
on, you know, they looked unstoppable on both ends of the ball. So uh, I like FSU here just because, again, the quarterback battle, I just like Travis Moore and Klubnik. He's just shown way more. And we really we, – we've seen what Florida State can do, especially offensively. Um, we really haven't seen that from Clemson at this point. Yeah. So I, I like Florida State. I, I, we all have Florida State, obviously, Trent and I for sure, because we had them in the playoff. And then Alec finally, I think, has come around based off what Clemson has done the last couple of weeks. I will say this. if We'll talk about this next week more, but if Clemson loses, uh, I think Davos Sweeney is going to get a huge uh, wake-up call and starts to re- starting to realize that he has to get into the portal, has to start getting around this NIL stuff. We'll talk about that later, but I, he really is going to have to adjust and adapt if he loses this game. Uh, would you guys agree with that? Yeah, 100%. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, with that said, uh, it's going to be a great game. I'm definitely looking forward to watching that one. Let's get to the next one here. That is uh, another great game. I have to, I circled it here. That is Notre Dame taking on Ohio State in Notre Dame. Um, Alec got me into him last year, Sam Hartman for Wake Forest. You could arguably say he was the best quarterback in the ACC last year and this year, too, if you really want to make the case for that. Um, Look, they have realistic expectations to make the playoff. This game is in Notre Dame, as I said. Ohio State has been good. Their quarterback's been looking a little iffy. They haven't really been, you know, top-notch. I know they blew out some cupcake teams. But, uh, look, this is a big test for Ryan Day and that team. Uh, if they want to make the playoff, this is this is obviously going to be a huge win. And for Marcus Freeman, um, look, he got hired for, for these situations. Everyone loved him. The team liked him. Uh, he was a popular hire among amongst the team. These are the games that they hired him for to win. So, uh, with that said, Alec, what or Trent, what do you think about this? You know, I'm a little surprised because <clears throat> Ohio State's three point favorites. I'm pretty sure this game is in South Bend. Um, it's at Notre Dame, a night game at Notre Dame. Uh, so it's going to be quite the quite the crowd as we going to be rocking, man. Yeah. So it's it's a big night. It's a big game for both teams. You know, I I really like Notre Dame this year. I said before the season that I, I had uh, Hardman in my Heisman room as a finalist. I'm still holding on to that. He looks great. I think this Notre Dame team is a completely different story than what we saw last year, especially with the addition of Hardman. They just look like they're clicking offensively. Um, and, you know, Ohio State, again, super talented team. As we all know, we all know what they can do, but we have yet to see it this season again because they played the two cupcakes and then the one, the best team they played so far was Indiana, but they looked a little shaky that game. That was week one, um, you know. Whereas Notre Dame has just been lights out, and Harbin has been great week in and week out. Um, so I like Notre Dame here. I'm, I'm going to pick Notre Dame, but I expect uh, I think there'll be some fireworks in this game. I, I really do. Yeah. Alec, I'm um, going to be honest, man. I think uh, Ryan Day needs this win. Uh, I, I'm starting to hear a little bit of whispers here and there. Uh, <laughs> didn't get it done last year in Michigan. Uh, it's really, I shouldn't say, hasn't really been the expectations that people thought since he got there. I know they made the playoff a couple times, but uh, look, man, he needs this win. But uh, Sam Hartman's a fifth-year senior. He could have gone to the NFL last year, decided to come back, got convinced to go to Notre Dame. Uh, you got a senior quarterback going up against a freshman. We all know about Marvin Harrison, great talent, obviously the best receiving prospect we've seen in a while. But uh, Notre Dame's legit, man. They got a great team. They got a great line. This is this game is at home. I really believe they're gonna 
uh, go out and win this game. And uh, it would be the first real big win for Marcus Freeman and that team, in my opinion. Yeah, so um, offensively, I think they're both potent uh, teams. But the real thing that's interesting about this game is uh, the defensive side. They have, um, I was just looking, the number three and four defense in the country as far as uh, yards allowed, yards per game. Uh, Ohio State three, Notre Dame four. You know, Notre Dame's unfortunate. They had, I believe, the week zero game in, in Dublin. Um, so they've been able to play an extra game. Each team has kind of played only cupcake opponents, but I guess when you're that good, you know, everyone's going to be a cupcake more or less. Thing is, Ohio State wasn't able to put up as many points against Indiana, against Youngston State. They only scored 35. Uh, they scored in the 20s against Indiana. <clears throat> Excuse me. And then last week, they kind of put some stuff together. Um, you know, you, you it, would, it would be Marcus Freeman's first big win. And then you have Ryan Day, who has played in plenty of big games like this. But – Brian Day doesn't always win these big games, as we've seen in the past. Um, even though he came close to beating Georgia last year, still didn't win that one. And um, obviously have lost to Michigan the last couple of years. So I think there's there's something to be said about Ryan Day. And this, if he loses this game, that, that would be, uh, I think, detrimental to their season because, you know, they still got to get through uh, Michigan at the end of the year. Michigan's looking pretty good. So you really do need to win this game if you want to end up in a playoff. Um, but talent-wise, both sides have it. Uh, Coaching-wise, I think it's, it's unanswered on both sides. Uh, Notre Dame has the edge in, in quarterback, uh, clearly. Um, but I think that the X factor in this game is the being at home, being playing in um, South Bend. They don't lose games there. I think they did lose last year for the first time in however long, but maybe one loss at home in the last four seasons or something like that. Uh, so I think that'll be the difference maker. Um, and and I like Notre Dame as well. Yeah. Um, let me ask you guys a quick question here. Obviously, we talked about the significance for uh, Ohio State, but if Ryan Day doesn't win this game, uh, let's say later on and loses at Michigan, do you think there's a chance he's gone? I don't think so. Um, you know, it, it it's always stings when you when you can't beat Michigan, but you know it's it's hard to to fire a guy that's giving you ten, eleven wins, college football playoff berths. Obviously, the the losses to Michigan are tough, um, but I mean, look, they could lose to Michigan and still make the CFP as 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 we've seen. So. Uh, you know, if, if, if Michigan's the only loss, I, I I don't see how he could be on the hot seat. I think most people would be surprised if that were the case. But um, you still – they still are going to push. Obviously, they want to push for that because not only is it Michigan, but it's also the Big Ten Championship. Um, and, you know, it's Ohio State football. Those are the expectations. But at the end of the day, you can't fire an 11-1 coach, a consistent yeah. 11-1 coach. Sounds good. I, I still think that if Ohio State were to lose this game, it's a 10-point, you know, 13-point game. They lose a little bit close. I still think there's a pathway for them to get in because they do play Michigan at the end of the year. But is that the same case for Notre Dame? Let's say they lose. Is there another big game on their schedule? That, uh, I continues? think so. They got to play USC. They got to play Clemson. They got to play a couple – North Carolina. 
So I think they got a shot too. Not having a conference championship uh, for does them, hurt them a lot. Yeah, hurt. But um, the thing about the Ryan Day hot seat thing is, yeah, I agree with Trent. Like uh, from a reasonable person standpoint, <laughs> you, know, you you wouldn't be calling for him to be fired. But if you talk to an Ohio State fan, you know, and if they if they lose this game, they probably will be calling for his head. You know, these guys delusional, whatever you want to call them. I don't even know if I'd say that, but they just have a really high expectation. They demand excellence and they want to be in the playoff in the championship every year. Uh, and they have every right to expect that. So I, I, I think you may start to hear talks or maybe, you know, he doesn't get fired, but he goes and gets some NFL job or something, you know, like he realizes it's not working out and he gets out of there, but, and then they call urban and he comes back. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, man, it, it, they, it's a big game. They got to win this one. But let's say they win this, and then they still lose to Michigan. Like I'm telling you, these guys are still calling for this guy's head. Like <laughs> they, they they need to get past that hump. More importantly than this game. Yeah. All right, guys. Any last words on this game? Oh, I think we got it. Yeah. All right. With that said, let's get uh, one more obviously exciting teams in college football. That is Colorado. Uh, last week they had a honestly a awesome game in the fourth quarter. Shader Sanders leads them back. Credit to Colorado State. I don't think anyone saw them playing that good. And they made it a great game. They could honestly have won that game. Uh, a couple of bonehead mistakes in the end. Colorado honestly grinds out and pulls out a great win. Uh, but look, we had this game circling our calendar since week one when since they beat TCU. Uh, Alec and Trent both said last week this is the first real test for Colorado. If they win this, we're going to start to hear some real noise in terms of uh, what this team can do this year. But look, they go into Eugene. Uh, they play Oregon, who I have as a playoff team this year. Uh, Bo Nix is one of the better college qu- quarterbacks in college football. I like Dan Lanning as a coach. I think he's really done some great stuff there. Uh, the defense has stepped up. Um, but look, this is this is a real test for for Shadir Sanders, this Colorado team. Obviously, they don't have their best player in uh, in Travis Hunter uh, with the with the late hit we saw. But uh, I still think it's going to be a competitive game. Uh, but we'll start with you, Alec. What do you think about this game? I think not having Travis Hunter is a huge hit. Like, he, he's really more impactful than your average, you know, one player on a team. Maybe it counts for two or three just based off of his contribution. But, um, you know, they, they probably, you know, they played a tough game at home last week uh, against – their rival, which I understand is a rival game. There's a lot of beef. Colorado State really showed up in that game. Um, they were hitting them hard, too. But they should have won that game. They should not have gone a double overtime, especially all, after all the smack talk. Um, so I think that's an area of concern as well. And uh, it's also going to be the first real defense that they've played this year. And you're talking about a, you know one of the top defensive minds in college football with Dan Lanning. Um, so, man, you know, it's like the, you know, fool me once kind of deal. It's like, I don't want to, I don't want to do this again. 20 point dogs, you know, all clearly Oregon's going to win. Uh, but I think I'm going to pick Oregon <laughs> because I think they're the better team. Um, even as flashy as Colorado has looked, especially on the offensive side, um, they're going to be going up against some real talent. So, uh, going away, that's going to be tough as well. So, so the 
home game for Oregon, I think, and their defense uh, is is what will win them this game. But if Colorado does win this game, then I won't pick against them the rest of the year. Yeah. Um, I will say this, Trent and Alec. Um, Shadir Sanders, obviously a special player. Going into Eugene is tough. But Oregon did struggle to Texas Tech two uh, two weeks ago with the same type of quarterback play style. And they really that defense really struggled with that. I do have Oregon winning, but uh wouldn't shock me if if Colorado wins. It really wouldn't. I really hate picking against Colorado because obviously they're they're the talk of sports right now. I think what Dion has done there is great, but uh I think I I gotta my my uh yeah, I'm taking Oregon. Look, mm-hmm. my head my head my head wants uh, Colorado, but my heart says Oregon. So I'm 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 taking that, man. Give me Oregon. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> last game was probably the first time we've seen Colorado come down to earth um, against a team that they, they sh- in reality should have blown out. Uh, and also in reality, Colorado State should have won that game. Uh, but, you know, Shadur Sanders still had a great performance, had a gritty final drive to to extend that game into overtime. Um, but, you know, Alex said without – Travis Hunter, who again, that's not missing one player, that's missing two players. That's your that's your, you know, your arguably best receiver and your unarguably best corner. Um and that that's a really, really tough loss. Uh, especially when you're playing the talent that you are with Oregon. So uh I still think Sanders is gonna have another big game. I I, I don't really see how Sanders doesn't have another big game. I know this is his first real test but he's exceeded expectations every single game this season. Even in a game against Colorado State where maybe, you know, for the first three quarters of that game, you didn't, you know, you thought it was regular or, you know, not anything spectacular. He still had 350 yards and four touchdowns. Um, and that was with missing Travis Hunter for most of that game. So I still think that Colorado's offense has some juice in the tank, even without Hunter to put up some points against Oregon. But I, I I don't really see uh, I, I can't see them stopping Oregon enough times, um, and again like I mentioned, Dan Lanning is one of the best defensive minds in football. Um, so even though I think Sanders will play well, he's going to get tested and he's gonna, and he's going to get pressured probably because of Lanning. So uh, I like Oregon here. It's no favorite why they're twenty point favorites, especially after watching Oregon or uh, Colorado last week. Um, but I, I, it's in, it's in Eugene. It's a home game. It's it's hard to pick Colorado here. I will say this: the last two weeks, Colorado's had all the pressure on them to win these two games. Now they go to Oregon with absolutely no pressure. I think Dion loves that. I think this team loves that. I think that is a huge advantage for Colorado. Um, and I will say this: this is a kind of game that Bo Nix completely just crapped the bed here. Uh, he has a history of doing this. Um, so I'm not going to rule anything out. I do think there is a chance, but I, I do have going up to Eugene playing that offense. Um, the defense has really slipped the last couple of weeks. Um, I think that Oregon's going to, is going to grind it out. I think it's going to be like a 10 point win from Oregon, but I wouldn't, that's, that's the one thing I'll say on Colorado. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I think you said it best. Oregon can, can be up and down offensively. We've seen with Bo Nix, but, um, I think they're they're I think you'll see a little more hunger out of them this week just because, you know, they're also a Pac-12 team. They want to quiet the noise with Colorado. You know, they don't want Colorado to keep gaining momentum 
on the field and on the trail. So um, I think one will rise to the occasion. Yeah. Any last words, Alec? No, I, I think that Oregon's going to be blitzing like you can't believe. Um, yeah. And that'll be, that'll be something a little bit different. But the, you know, another thing I didn't think about was that, you know, Colorado did go to TCU and win that game uh, with a pretty, you know, I'm sure sold out crowd. Um, you know, Eugene might be a little bit different, but if they could somehow get ahead early in this game and knock the crowd out, they have a chance. 20 points. I don't know. I don't, I don't see that. Yeah. So. All right. Let's get to um, another game. That's pretty interesting. Um, that is Ole Miss at Alabama. We obviously saw the quarterback change last week. Obviously, there's a couple jokes about Joe Mildew and stuff like that. But uh, <laughs> he turned out to be a great teammate on the sideline. We all saw the video about he's hyping up his team, even though he's not playing. And uh, Nick Saban quickly switched back to Joe Milton this game. Um, look. Milrow. 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 Sorry, Milrow. That's right. Um, Ole Miss at Alabama is the first real test for Ole Miss this year. I actually think they can do pretty well. Um, this game is in Tuscaloosa. Um, Trent, I'll, I'll give it to you first, man. What are, what are your expectations for this game? Who do you see winning? I don't want to get too low on Alabama because, you know, obviously they're having issues in the quarterback room um, and they may not look like their normal selves, but they also lost to a pretty good Texas team, a Texas team that really showed up that game as well. Who's ranked three, by the way, for the first time in over yeah, a decade. So, I mean, I, I don't want to – I don't want to go ahead and say Alabama is, is not that good because they're coming off a loss or whatever, because again, Texas is really good. Um, I still think Alabama is a, is a solid top 10 program. Um, they definitely have the talent, they have the coaching, they have the physicality. Um, and frankly, they're just better than Ole Miss. Um, obviously we all love Lane. Um, but I think Alabama is just, is still too good. For, for Ole Miss to kind of sneak in for to, to, and take one here. I think if Ole Miss does take it, um, there'll be some major red flags flying in Tuscaloosa. Uh, but I, I still like Alabama here. I know Milrow has has been on and off. Again, played a, a very good Texas team, but he, he's still an ultra-talented quarterback. Um, and I, I do think they pull it out at home against Ole Miss. Yeah. Alec? I think that um... – it's like a must win for Bama, for Bama fans. Um, you know, Saban, he, if anybody um, of any coach will, he's going to stick to his process and his guns. I don't think he's going to change anything that he's been doing. He, You know, he's always been a process-oriented guy. And eventually it'll kick in. I don't think Ole Miss is as good this year. Um, you know, they got Jackson Dart, who's a pretty inconsistent, in my opinion, uh, as quarterback. And, you know, the one thing that hasn't looked too bad for Bama is their defense. Obviously, that Texas game got a little out of hand with some bad interceptions uh, that kind of switched the momentum and allowed Texas to kind of pull away in the end. But their defense has held up strong, even last week against, you know, South Florida. They were down, but it was really the offense that was the issue in that game. And it was more of an experimental game. Uh, um, I'm sure that Saban um, will be plenty prepared for this game. 
And he's had success in the past against Kiffin. He knows exactly what's coming at him. I just don't think that they have the quarterback to to do it like Texas did with Quinn Ewers. Um, and I think that's the only way you can beat a team like that. So, uh, yeah, I like Bama at home. Um, I just want to say also, Saban got the floor mops with him by a former assistant last game. I don't think he's going to let that happen twice in a row, and especially not in the same season. He's not going to get embarrassed by another assistant. I think Saban is going to be very, very ready for for Lane. Yeah. Um, look, I think I like Jackson Dart. I do agree with Alec. He is inconsistent, but uh, Lane Kiffin's offense is something else. They they look pretty good. They're undefeated. They're obviously ranked 15 for a reason. Um, Alabama struggle of USF last week. Let's not forget that. Um, I think I think Ole Miss is going to go in there and win by at least 10 points. I really do. Um, I just – I. Alabama is really is really really talented, but I just think the offense is too much to stop for for Bama, and I just think there's so much pressure on these QBs. The guy's a freshman. Granted, I think he's going to be really good in a couple of years, but uh, this is the first time we really see a little bit of uh, uh, some inconsistency. Alabama, uh, I have no reason to believe Ole Miss is going to lose. I know they they they've had some shaky things here and there, but uh, I like Dart. I like this offense. Um, I think Lane Kiffin is extremely motivated to win this game. Uh, last year, they almost did it. This year, I think they're going to do it. So, give me Ole Miss. Well, I'll tell you this. If if that does happen and Ole Miss wins by 10, we're going to have a lot to talk about next week. <laughs> no, I was going to say that it would be the season's over. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and they'll, they'll make me go eight and four if they lose this game. You know, these, people, these players have never lost. You know, they don't lose often. So, that's like a – confidence shattering loss if they lose this game at home but you know they're trending in that direction so but that it's it's not, not impossible um but if anyone's going to be able to flip that around and be Nick, nicky saving so. yeah it's going to be interesting it's a big game for lane kiffin too he needs to win this game uh he, he, they get, but uh look it's, it's going to be a fun game to watch all right, let's get to uh, another game that I think is interesting. I personally have an upset here. That is North Carolina against Pittsburgh. Um, look, I Drake May may be an NFL top three talent, but he has not played well the last couple of weeks. Um, I think I think I think playing in Pitt's a tough environment. Pitt, Pitt always plays hard. I like their head coach. Flat out, I think Pittsburgh's just going to be uh, UNC. Um, Maybe the only one on this, but uh, I just have reason to believe that's going to happen. But what do you think about that, Alec? Similar to UNC, our analysis on UNC throughout the season, I think it's just going to be, you know, offensively. Uh, the team that they lose to is going to be a team that can outscore them. And App State was one of those teams that, I guess, had an offense that could keep up. Uh, Minnesota, not so much. South Carolina, not so much. So, you know, the thing about Pittsburgh is I, they looked absolutely terrible last week against West Virginia. They didn't score in the second half. I don't think they scored a touchdown in the game. And that's their biggest – I mean, they don't play West Virginia every year anymore. But it, it, historically, it's their biggest rival. So, it was in Morgantown, uh, which is always tough to play in. But, you know, you would have think they would have put – you would have thought they put something together for that game. So – just based off of that, you know, I, I don't see one offensively that they'll be able to, you know, put up 30 something 
plus points. Uh, but also that's a really tough loss. And, and people have been talking about Pitt as, you know, uh, maybe really overrated going into this year. So um, because people were picking them to maybe be in the conference championship at the end of the year. I know the WV game doesn't matter, but I just – I haven't seen it from them. So I, I think I have seen offensively from North Carolina that they could put it together. And, um, you know, Mac, Mac – Mac, He's one of those coaches. Uh, he'll probably be ready to win this game. So, yeah, I disagree. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna agree with Alec here. Um, you know, you could. I, I don't know what you're seeing from from. Uh, uh, yeah, granted, they had they've had a bad two weeks. I completely understand that part. Uh, I, I don't know what you're seeing from Drake May. If you, if you think Drake May is underperforming, I don't know because last game against Minnesota, he might have had two picks, but still had 415 yards. No, I, I should have reworded it. You're you're two right about that. It's more it's more the picks, but yeah. Look, I, I mean, me and I talked about it uh, after last week, and that was UNC struggled against App State, but every team usually does when they play App State. It's just the way it goes, you know. And we said that me and I both said, I think all three of us actually said they would bounce back against Minnesota. They did. They handled them. Um, I think UNC is fine. I don't, you know, I'm, I'm not jumping on the UNC bandwagon or anything, but I want to point out that I think Pittsburgh is awful. Um, I think, like Alex said, Pittsburgh, West Virginia is like their biggest game. Uh, they didn't show up. Phil Yurkovich is the starting quarterback for Pitt, and he's been just like dreadful this season, horrendously bad. And he was never really that good to begin with. He wasn't that good at Boston College either. But against West Virginia, against, the, again, their biggest game, your coach went 8 for 20, 81 yards, and three interceptions. So they have a huge, huge problem offensively uh, at Pittsburgh. And like Alex said, I, I just I can't see a scenario where they outscore Drake May in North Carolina. I, I, I'm Honestly, I'm, I'm a little surprised that the spread is 7.5. I'm picking North Carolina to cover that. Um I don't see how Pittsburgh gets enough points on the board really at all against North Carolina. So uh, I think Drake may again, I'm not going to say he's going to have a Heisman worthy performance, but I think he'll, he'll show up, you know, definitely not what you, what you saw against App state. Yeah. Uh, you'll see another talented UNC offense. And I, I think that went by at least seven and a half. So yeah. I'll, I'll take UNC. Look, I know Kenny Pickett's not there. I know that they haven't, <laughs> I know, I know Pitt hasn't played well the last two weeks. Just telling you, man, I really believe Pitt always rises to occasion with teams like this. Um, look, they've obviously had some unrealistic expectations. As Alex said, they could potentially compete for the ACC. Yeah, sure. But uh, I'm just telling you, man, I have a gut feeling that this is going to be a close game, and I believe that Pitt's really going to grind this out. U- I know UNC, I- is, UNC is inconsistent. I agree. They're, they can be pretty up and down. I just think Pitt is really down. <laughs> yeah. yeah we'll see. Think about uh, – I forgot that Jerk is the quarterback there, Pittsburgh. And there was times where uh, there were times in, in the past when they played FSU and he gave us problems. Um, you know, BC was not has not been good in the last couple of years, and I think that's why he left. But this guy that replaced him, Castellanos, is freaking amazing. So, like, you know, is it the system? I don't know. With, with Jerk, that's something to consider. Um just because we have a small sample size with him at Pitt. But, yeah. yeah. No, I mean, whatever you're seeing, Robert, I don't see it, but <laughs> I, don't, I don't see yeah. it. <laughs> we'll see, man. It's going to 
I know uh, next week I'm going to hear in the comments, but I just have a gut feeling, man. I really think it could happen. Um, all right. Obviously, there's not much more to say on this game from you two in, in terms of pit. I'm not going to wear that. <laughs> but uh, we'll see what happens, man. All right. With that said, uh, let's get to another pretty interesting game, another ranked game. That is UCLA going to Utah, uh, both undefeated, both uh, in the top 25. Utah's 11, UCLA's 22. Guys, this is one of my my uh, must watch games. I'm actually looking forward to watching this game. Uh, two electric offenses. Um, I believe Rising is back, correct or not yet? Oh, I didn't hear that. If he's back, that's a game changer. I didn't know that. No, no, I'm I'm just I have no idea. I'm assuming. No, I think he's still out. Okay. Um. Well, we'll we'll, we'll look into that. But uh, Alec, I'll let you go first on this one. Uh, Utah, UCLA. Look. Uh, UCLA has really done well the last couple of years. DTR left, but uh, Chip Kelly has has done a lot of good things since he's been there. So uh, has really turned that program around. Uh, they're they're now a respectable team. Obviously, they're twenty two. Uh, we know what Utah is good team at home. Who do you see winning this game? And expectations for this? You know, Utah I think is a very solid team, but they're not uh, the same team that they would be if they did have cameraizing. I just kind of looked a uh, brief Google search, and apparently they're making the call on that tomorrow. So, yeah, that. Um, you know, it, I'm gonna I guess make two picks. So I think if they do have them, that they could win that game. It's in Utah, or, or it's or, in Utah. Utah. Yeah. Utah. Okay, so that's another factor. Obviously, they got a loud crowd there. Um, three thirty our time, but it'll be like a noon game there. Um, both teams are three and zero. Uh, and I think that or Utah has just been kind of holding on. So all in all, like I with Cam Rising, I think they have a chance. Uh, and that I would probably pick them to win. If so, we'll see if he ends up playing. If he's not playing, I think that they lose this game, uh, and I'm picking UCLA. So, yeah, um, I like I like both coaches are pretty good, uh, solid, uh, with with history of success. But Chip Kelly's really bright offensive mind, and Utah's struggles has been on offense. So, um, if it comes down to a, a classic Pac-12 shootout, I like UCLA. Yeah, here's the way I see it. Uh, I think UCLA wins regardless because if Cam Rising comes back, he just won't be 100%. He'll be rusty. Uh, it's a tough game. I know it's at home in Utah, but uh, UCLA uh, has an offense that's hard to stop, man. And and this is no respect to Cam Rising in that offense. I just think being thrown into a game like this magnitude without playing for om- over a year is a tough ask for Cam Rising. And if they don't have Cam Rising, I just don't think uh, they can beat UCLA with the current quarterback they have. Uh, so that's the way I see it. But what about you, Trent? Yeah, I'm, I'm with you guys here. Well, I'm, I guess I'm with Alec here. Um, you know, Utah up until this point hasn't been super impressive, especially offensively. Uh, obviously, they almost lost to Baylor, who was very bad this year. I guess the Florida one looks a little better now, considering what we saw this week for Florida. But at the same time, Florida didn't look that great at all week one. So um, I think without Cam Rising, I'm going to definitely pick UCLA. Um, even with Cam Rising, I'm hesitant to pick Utah, but I think with Rising, not only are you getting a good quarterback back, but you, maybe you get a morale boost from Utah as well, also at home. Um, but, uh, 
you know, I'm going to pick UCLA either way, I think. I just think UCLA looks looks a little bit better offensively up until this point. Um, they have, you know, the star freshman Dante Moore, who looks pretty good as of now. So um, I think Utah, UCLA has just a little more in the tank offensively, so I'm going to go with them. Yeah. All right. Um, any last words on this game? I think we're set on that one. All right, let's get to a more interesting game. I was talking with Alec a little bit about this. Uh, and honestly, I am now confident that I can say this. This is going to not be another popular pick amongst a lot of people, but uh, that is Texas going to Baylor, and I actually have Baylor winning this game. <laughs> um, look, man, I know they're not having the greatest start. I know they lost a couple games. I know they got blown out in one or two. I know the offense hasn't looked great, but uh, – Look, going into Baylor's tough. They're going to be motivated. This is their this is their championship game. Their season for as, as terms of college football playoff is over, and uh, this is a typical Sark choke game. Uh, I know they've been playing great. I know Quinn Ewers has been playing great, but uh, they struggled a little bit with Wyoming. Uh, the offense last week showed up pretty well, but look, man, I just think going into Baylor in that environment, uh, it's it's I don't know, if, it's not a rivalry game, but it is in Texas. But uh, I just I think it's going to be close. I just think Baylor's going to pull it out, man. I really, really do. And uh, I think Dave Moran is going to finally show why he's the coach Alec thought he was the whole time. So um, what do you think about that one, Trent? Um, you know, I obviously Alec has sold you on the – It's bold. I Don't get me wrong. The theory of Sark mania is, is not imprinted in your head. <laughs> I'm sure you can thank Alec for that. But, you know, as I said last week before the Wyoming game, I think this Texas team – it's just a little different than we've seen the last few years with Sark. They just look a little more put together, I guess you could say. You know, they look a little more well, well refined on offense. Uh, Ewers, I think, has taken a leap this year. He looks even better than he did in years past. Um, and on top of that, I, I just, you know, me and Alec are both, if you can remember, very, very big believers in Baylor preseason last year yes we had um, i think we almost had them in the playoff that's how high we coming had. off of their big 12 championship we thought baylor was legit uh and aranda was was a uh, force to be reckoned with but the last year and a half has shown to prove us prove otherwise so uh baylor has really declined in the last couple of years whereas texas again has just looked a lot better this year than they have in years past so i know that you know, in years past, maybe this could be a trap game for Texas and Sark. Uh, I think this is the year where it's not. Um, and they're 15-point favorites uh, for good reason, and I like Texas here. All right. I mean, don't blame me. They're ranked number three in the world. So <laughs> uh, how about you, Alec? I I, I I agree a lot with, with Robert, honestly. Um, you know. Baylor defensively, they'll show up. Um, I know that last year Texas beat Baylor, which is interesting, uh, but Baylor kind of fell apart last year. But you know, it's weird because both. I, I feel like Texas. You know they they've already played through the, they played their big game, and you know they could in theory lose a game, still have a chance down the road. Baylor wants to have a chance at their conference. You know, this is like a must-win game for them, especially because they're at home. And I think having more to lose, you know, could give them the edge. I, I, just talking to you now, I haven't even really made up my mind. Like, I could totally – I think it will be a close game. And I think it's very possible that uh, Baylor could pull it out. 
you guys do you guys think it's funny but like it's it's, it's <laughs> I, I don't I, I freaking picked them so it, it's dark like this is what I've been saying this whole time like you know he's gonna lose one two three games this year I I believe it uh, uh, I don't think they're going undefeated um I'd be surprised if they made the playoff honestly and um you know, I, I just haven't seen it offensively from Baylor to be able to say that, you know, with their defense being able to hold down Texas, uh, that they'll be able to put up points against a very good Texas defense. So I I think that I'm inclined to pick Texas to win this game um, just because I, I think that they are a, a way better team all around. And um, – you know, maybe this isn't the game that Sark loses, but maybe they look pretty sloppy. And moving forward, you know, they lose whoever they play next week or whatever. Yeah. But Robert, I I, uh, I commend you because I, I it's a good pick. Um, but I think I think I'm going with Texas on this. Look, All right, look, Trey, go ahead. What, this is what I'm saying. This is similar to what I said about UNC, uh, the UNC uh, pit game. It's not really me riding UNC. I just think Pitt's really bad. I'm not doubting Sarkmania. I think he could certainly throw a game. I just don't think it's Baylor. I think, again, Baylor lost to Texas State. Baylor is not good. Like This would be a oh, tremendous, I, I... tremendous upset if if Baylor was, is able to pull this up, considering what they've done so far this season. So I am I think that I – mean, I don't think Sark's perfect. I think that they could absolutely throw a game later in the season. They have Oklahoma. They have TCU. They have Kansas State. Houston – there's trap games all over the schedule. I just don't think it's Baylor. Here's the like I said. Here's my motivation for this pick. Baylor has no expectations this season. This is their championship game at home. That that place is going to be buzzing. There's nothing to do else in Baylor right now. Mm-hmm. Everyone's going to show up there. Uh, and I, I just believe Dave Miranda is going to show the coaches why he got hired there. I mean, I'm just, I, I really think this is going to be the big one they needed to boost their their team again. Um, Look, man, I, I I think Quinn Ewers is an awesome quarterback, but they are inconsistent in some drives, and it scares me. Um, and we'll see, man. Obviously, it's a bold pick. Uh, obviously, they could win by forty points, and I'll be here next week with my with a bag on my face. But uh, look, I think I think I think Baylor's going to do it. I really do. So, any last words on this game? I I think if Baylor does get blown out, um, you might there might be conversations surrounding Miranda. Just because the last couple of years and I have been saying that actually, so you, that's, the conversation has to has to come up at some point if it keeps losing. And if they get embarrassed at home, you know maybe maybe is when the when they start talking. Yeah. All right, uh, Alec. Any last words on uh, Texas? Yeah, I mean, um, you know, Baylor almost beat Utah, and uh, you know, it, I I think we're starting to see that Utah maybe isn't as strong as as what they're supposed to be without rising. So, you know, maybe that game isn't as impressive. Um, and that's kind of what I was thinking about when I was picking this game. But the crowd will show up. I, I think it'll be a close game. I think it'll be a sloppy game for Texas, but I think they'll find a way to win. Yeah. All right, let's let's uh, let's get into another game here, That another ranked game we didn't even talk about yet. That is Oklahoma State going against uh, – I just lost it here. Do you – who is it, Alec? Totally – just lost it. Oklahoma. I don't see it. You mean you mean uh, uh, Oregon State? Oh, Oregon State. I'm sorry, oh, man. Oregon yeah. State. 
Oregon State against Washington State in Washington. Yeah, uh, this is a really good game. 14 against 21. They both have realistic expectations to make a run this year. Um, trying to let you start first, man. What do you think about this game? This is tough. Um, this is a three point spread for Oregon State, but this is this is no easy pick. Um, as I told you on a, cu- a couple weeks ago, Washington State is kind of that sleeper program, man. They kind of just they kind of just put wins together and like sneaky, sneaky wins, and they're they're really not bad. Uh, they also beat Colorado State by twenty six points, if that's any indication. But um, you know, Cameron Ward has been. I, I talked about Cameron Ward on this pod. He's he's a he's a decent quarterback. Uh, what's uh DJ's Oregon State correct? Yes, he is. Yeah, it's Oregon State. Um, this is tough. Uh. Oregon State hasn't really been tested this year. They they played three real cupcake games. I mean, they played San Diego State was their toughest game, but I wouldn't know. I don't think I'd call that a real test game. DJ has been unimpressive at this point, um, and I know they're the favorites, but I, I kind of want to ride the Washington State train here. Um, it's in Washington. Um, give me Washington State. I, I just think that they're, up until this point, they've played a little bit better football. Um, DJ, I think, is playing like DJ. Nothing too impressive. Um, and Washington State, I think, is has been a, is a little more in rhythm. So I yeah. talk to Washington State. You know me. I love me some Washington State, so it's hard to pick against them. But I actually think Oregon State's going to win here. I think DJ is kind of motivated to show uh, the college world that uh, he shouldn't have left Clemson, and they, Clemson did him dirty. Uh, I do think it was gonna be a great game. I just think uh, the offense of Oregon – State is a little more consistent than Washington's is right now, and I'm going to take uh, Oregon State, even though it is in Washington. Alec? I think that DJ has looked a lot better. Um, You know, maybe it just seems like the system didn't fit him in Clemson, and, um, you know, he's leading Oregon State now, and they've been able to win every game they've played. Um. But just based off what I remember when I when I in the games that I have watched in the big games, he was never really the reason why they why Clemson won a game, you know. Uh and a lot of times he was the reason why they were closer, uh close win or maybe even lost the game. Um you know, and on the other side, Cameron Ward, he shows up in these big games. Um and he's a great quarterback, a playmaker. Um, maybe can be a little sloppy sometimes to throw some picks, but all in all, um, I think he's the better quarterback in this matchup. And uh, them being at home, I think would be the icing on the cake for me to pick Washington State in this one. Uh, Washington State's looking like a, a really good team. I think they're going to upset some of these other Pac-12 teams, uh, like the likes of the Oregons and the USC's uh, later down the road. I think that they may be able to pull away if they do play, if they do play one of those teams. But um, yeah, I think that being at home is the thing for me that they have a, a, a great fan base, a uh, loud environment. I don't know what time the game is at, um, but 3.30. Oh, seven night game, night game, night game. Night game, but it'll be daytime there, I guess. But regardless, yeah. Um, yeah, I like the home team in this one. Yeah, it's going to be a close game. Um, wouldn't I mean, wouldn't surprise me at all if Washington State wins. I'm just 
It's going to be fun, man. We'll see. Um, I'm not to- too confident about that pick, that's for sure. Uh, but I will say let's get to another game where I'm slamming. I, I-, I didn't pick any upsets for the last three weeks, but I'm-, I'm using them all this week. And I'm taking Iowa over Penn State all day. I just think <laughs> Iowa's going to go out there. And uh, I know it's a primetime game. I talked to Alec about this. Um, I think James Franklin's going to show why uh, he's on bum Rushmore, as Alec would say. Um, look, man. Just I just see it happening. So with that said, Alec, what do you think about that pick? That's uh yeah, it's like a gut feeling thing. I get it. Um Frank is a bum, hundred percent. Uh, mm-hmm. but he's a bum because he doesn't win big, big games. games. Yeah. <laughs> Not to say this isn't a big game, um, but he can't get past Ohio State or Michigan. So you know, he's a bum in in a different class, um, similar to like Lincoln Riley bum kind of deal. <laughs> there's those kind of bums, and then there's the bums that can't win any game. But um, you're talking about loudest, most dangerous environment, one of them in college. Whiteout, football. yeah. Night game. Is it whiteout? Uh, it, well, it's no. at night, so no. I don't know. It's a night game. I don't know if they do that only once a year, if they do it every night game or okay, but, um, then probably not. Iowa offensively, you know, um it, it'll be their defense and I think they'll get a lot of interceptions. They'll score maybe a defensive touchdown or two. Um but I think that the crowd, um, they won't be able to get ahead, I don't think, early on in this game and take the crowd out of it, which is most important. Um, in 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 going in away games, as you, you hope to get that edge, but Penn State's actually looked pretty good this year, man. Yeah, and uh, it seems like they have you know somewhat of a balanced attack. I don't think they have anything special at quarterback, but I don't think the guy's bad either. Um, Iowa, on the other hand, you know Kirk Ferentz, he's a good coach, and he has won games like these before. So not a crazy pick, Robert, on your part. Um, but I like the Nittany Lions at a night game at home, similar to my pick last week uh, with the Gators and the Swamp. Um, I think it's it's one of those kinds of deals where, you know, the, they'll be able to have that much of an advantage over the team they're playing. So yeah. I like Penn State. Look, man, I, I make these picks because I genuinely believe that, that these are going to happen. I am just not the biggest uh, fan of the Penn State quarterback, and also I like Cade from uh, Iowa. I think he's a good quarterback. I don't think he's you know anything sexy, but uh, I think I think he really can go in there and get the job done. Uh, I know Penn State has looked good, as you said, Alec, but uh, I think Iowa plays tough. They 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 don't really fear anyone. Uh, I think this is the perfect team to go into that kind of environment uh, and win. And obviously, they have a, a great head coach there who. Who knows how to get some things done? So that's why I'm picking, making it based off that. But what do you think, Trent? Yeah, it's it's tough to go against Penn State here. Um, I mean, you're talking about one of the toughest places to play in college football, similar to the Swamp, except Beaver Stadium has 106,000 people in it. Um, and it just – on top of that, Penn State is – is, they're not elite. I don't think they're an elite team. I, I don't think they'll – exactly come close to winning the Big Ten this year, but they're still a good team. Um, whereas Iowa, although they're ranked, has really scraped a lot of wins together against, you know, 
subpar opponents, Iowa State, Utah State, those are a 10-point win and a 7-point win. So, you know, I can't really see Iowa putting up a whole lot of points in this game. And like Alex said, taking the crowd out of the game is, is huge, especially in this environment, um, especially at nighttime. So I, I, I like Penn State here. I, I just don't think Iowa has enough to get it done, especially offensively. Um, and in that environment, it's, it's, it's going to be really difficult. Yeah. By the way, it's not a bad pick. I mean, uh, Penn State at home is tough, tough to, to tough to beat. So I can obviously see the logic there. Uh, a couple more games, and we'll get out of here. We we've basically nailed them all. Another another interesting game that I could potentially see a loss. I don't see it happening. Is Oklahoma going to Cincinnati? Cincinnati's two and one. Oklahoma's quarterback has been playing out of his mind. Uh, obviously, the defensive coordinator for Clemson's here now. He's done a good job. This year, last year, uh, they they really disappointed late in the year, Oklahoma. But uh, could you guys see any trouble in this game? Uh, I'll start with you, Trent. Could I see trouble? Yeah. Noon game in Cincinnati. Um, obviously, Cincinnati's not the same since since uh, Fickle left. But, you know, it's they're still not a bad program. Um, they, they lost to Miami, Ohio last week, which – Maybe that makes UM look a little better. I I don't know, but um, <laughs> you know they they beat your beloved Pittsburgh. <laughs> but, uh, I I could see maybe something stirring there just because it could kind of be a trap game for Oklahoma. Noon game could be a little sleepy, but I think Venables in year two. I think this Oklahoma team looks looks pretty improved. Um, I think Dylan Ga- a healthy Dylan Gabriel can be pretty good. Uh, so I, I like Oklahoma here, but um, I wouldn't be surprised to see Cincinnati maybe make Oklahoma work for this one. Yeah, I mean the way I'm going, and I everyone thought I'd pick Cincinnati too. I'm not going that far. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, what do you think, Alec? Yeah, I agree with Trent about Oklahoma. They definitely um, they look they're a different looking team this year. You know, they were able to scrap together a couple wins late in the season and make a bowl game. And they really showed up against FSU uh, in the Cheez-It Bowl. We were fortunate to win that game, but it kind of came down to the end. Um, and I think they kind of took some momentum and, and rode that into this season. On Cincinnati side, yeah, different coach, but it's also Scott Satt, my boy Scott Satterfield, <laughs> who uh, gave FSU plenty of problems over the years. You know, he's a good coach. Um, and – you know, it's a different environment, Oklahoma. You know, this is since his first year, I guess, in the Big 12, or maybe yeah, anyway, first year, I think. So they, they're not really used to going into that environment. And uh, I could see it being like a little bit of a coin flip, you know, but uh, my gut tells me that Oklahoma is a better team this year. I was telling Robert uh, when we were on a break that, you know, I think that they have a good chance of beating Texas this year. Um, when they do play them. So, you know, obviously they'll have to win this game first uh, to solidify that with me. But I, I think this will be a good one for them to win on the road and kind of push them on into the season. So I like uh, Oklahoma. Yeah. Uh, I'm taking Oklahoma here as well. People may be shocked after my last three picks, but uh, no, I'm taking Oklahoma. Um, I'm a big fan of Dylan Gabriel. I think he's the real deal. I think he's been playing great. Uh, so yeah, but there's that. We're gonna talk about one more team, and then we'll get to the two Florida teams and get on out of here quickly, guys. Um, what do you think about the Arkansas LSU game? This game is in LSU. Last year, if 
I'm still a little bit uh, salty, but if I'm telling you last year, if uh, they had KJ Jefferson, this would be a different story, and we wouldn't have seen LSU in the playoff. But uh, it's a new year. Um, KJ Jefferson is back, but uh, this is an LSU. I'm not a Jaden Daniels hater, even though some of you might think that. I do have respect for him and that team, and I am taking uh, LSU. Alec, what do you think? Yeah, I think uh, Jaden was probably listening to this pod um, <laughs> and some of the things you were saying about him because he's, he's looked pretty good. He looked great last week. Um, so did the, you know, LSU's whole team. You know, as an FSU fan, I'm happy because it looks like they kind of rebounded and they're still looking to have a good season. But um, I think we also expected that with Brian Kelly, you know, similar to last year, being able to respond after that week one loss and kind of regroup and move forward. Um, Arkansas, on the other hand, I think has looked a little shaky. They lost last week to BYU, which BYU is a good team. Don't get me wrong. Um, But, you know, LSU is a way better team than that. And they lost that game at home. Now they have to go into LSU. So I, I just don't see a lot of confidence in that Arkansas locker room to be able to go into Death Valley um, and win this game. I think LSU uh, kind of has an idea of where they want to be, and they've been able to put some things together. They're looking pretty good. So I, I think they're going to keep on rolling, um, you know, as they get into the beefy part of their schedule. But I like LSU there. Yep. How about you, Trent? Yeah, you know, Arkansas just gave up 38 to a Keem Slovis-led BYU team. Um <laughs> Not exactly ideal. Also at home, like Alex said, and you know, me and you have been big KJ Jefferson guys the last couple of years, but he's coming off a pretty subpar game. Against yeah, hasn't exactly looked himself. But you know, since the Florida State game, I think LSU's kind of found a little bit of rhythm. Um, you know, I think you predicted a Mississippi State upset last week. LSU just yeah, you know, man, LSU murdered them. Um, it looks like a legit top ten team right now. Um. And it's good. It's like I gotta say, it's hard to see BYU. I'm sorry, Arkansas going to to LSU and put up some points and beat them. I I just don't really see a don't really see a way that happens. A night night game as well. Um, so I, I like LSU here pretty big. Yeah, and for all the LSU fans, uh, I'll put a cherry on top. There still is a very realistic pathway they can get into the college football playoff. Their season is o- is not over by any means, in my opinion. So. We'll see what happens, man. They're going to have to win out, but these are games they're going to have to win. So uh, any last words on that? All right, let's let's get to a game that Alec was at last week. That is, and he called it, uh, every pick you want that Alec chooses, you might want to put a million bucks on it because he's been 100%. Uh, That is uh, my Heisman pick, Joe Milton, going up against Florida. And Florida did exactly what Alec said. You know, playing the Swamp is a tough environment. Uh, they played awesome. Uh, ETN was great this game. Uh, Alec, you were there. I'll give you the floor first, man. What was the environment like? What What did you see in that game? And more importantly, uh, it's a big, big win for Florida, man. Yeah, huge win for Napier. Um, a lot of the feedback I've gotten from my UF uh, fan friends is uh, it sounds similar to the rhetoric that I was pushing with Norvell around year two, which is look, you know, we told you it was going to take some time. Look at the products put on the field. I don't think that that win is dispositive of, of much. I think to be able to go away and win a big game is going to be the difference maker for Napier. 
his away record is terrible and but his home record is phenomenal um so I, I hope that that doesn't end up being the story of his tenure that he could only win at home but man it was a crazy loud environment um sold out stadium you know the gators dominated the entire game so the noise was there they had me cheering for him, which you, you guys know is pretty rare, but uh, I, I couldn't help myself. It was just such an electric environment. And, um, you know, on one hand, you have to give Florida credit, especially on the defensive side. I thought they did. They played a great game. They held uh, Tennessee to only seven points in the first half. And, um, you know, I did – one of the things that I foresaw was that it was – Tennessee hadn't really played in that big game this year and the fact that they had to go into Gainesville for that first big game, I, I just didn't see it happening. Um, definitely some concern there with Milton. Um, I don't think he's as special of a quarterback as Hennon Hooker was for them last year. Um, and, you know, but, but I don't think, you know, you can ride momentum only so far. The Gators still have some other really tough teams that they have to play. And uh, I don't think that this by any means um, suggests that they're back or anything like that. But um, definitely an eye-opener for Tennessee fans and for the national media about Tennessee. I think people are starting to see maybe they're not uh, as good as they were hyped up to be. Um, yeah. But it was, it, was a, it was a great game to be at. Yeah. Look, I bought into all the hype. I bought into the to Joe Milton can throw it out of the stadium, uh, all that stuff. But uh, at the end of the day, you need to complete passes. You couldn't really do that at an effective level. And uh, you said it, man. A night, night game in the swamp is one of the best environments in college football, and anything can happen. And you're right about Billy Napier. Last year, he showed he could be Utah with Anthony Richardson last year. Um, he has some big wins at home, but you're right. The next step for him now is can he win a big game on the road? Uh, but Alec, what'd you think about the Gators, man? Or Trent, sorry, my bad. Um, well, first of all, uh, catch me dead before you see me, uh, rooting for UF in any capacity. But, um, <laughs> you know, I said before the season that maybe we should pump the brakes on the Joe Milton hype. Um, just because you have a big arm does not mean that you're a good quarterback, or and I'm not saying Joe Milton's a, a bad quarterback by any means, I just don't think that. He is the chosen one as he was sought out to be before the season started. And I think people are starting to see that. Um, but at the same time, you know, yes, Alec called it. He loves to tell everybody how much he called it. Uh, but, you know, it is, a, it is a very difficult place to play, and especially if they get going early and that momentum keeps building. It's a hard thing to stop. Um, and, you know, I'm gonna give a I'm gonna give a shout out to to, to Mertz Mania. I, I think that Mertz <laughs> I think Mertz has really shown that he's not a bad quarterback. And I thought he was gonna be bad and he has not been bad up until this point. I think he's just kind of riding the ship and he's playing good enough to win these ball games. Um and although maybe he wasn't the the deciding factor, you know, he didn't give any possessions away. Uh his completion percentage was super high, he's had a touchdown. And, you know, he did enough to win. And he let his other playmakers, i.e. Trevor Etienne, make the plays to win the game. And, you know, you, we, we, you can see why everyone in Gainesville is so high on Etienne and why they don't want him to transfer. He's a baller. And, he, you know, without Etienne, they don't win that game or, or, or you know, maybe get the momentum going. But um, I think that, you know, it's, it's a double-edged sword here. I think Florida isn't – I think Florida showed a lot in this game. Um 
definitely that they're, you know, certainly looking to make a bowl game, but also that Tennessee maybe just isn't the team that they rise up to be, like Alex said. Um, certainly not the team they were last year. That That, that is for damn sure. Um, but, you know, it, it's, it's a difficult place for any team to go in and, and, and win. So uh, I, I think Florida showed a lot, but I think Tennessee also showed a lot in this game. So uh, it's a – but it's a big – if you're a Florida fan, you're, you're very, very excited after a win like that because that's – that's probably Napier's premier win up until this point. Yeah, I agree. Um, look, man, college football is always good when, when Florida's good. I, I really believe that. Um, this is a big win for them and that program. And who knows? I, I predicted, what was it, four or five wins this year, tops. I really hope they go over that. I would love to be wrong. Uh, but it's a great start. Uh, they're obviously ranked 25. I don't think anyone's, any of us saw them even being ranked at all this season. And uh, more importantly, I'm happy for Bill for Napier, man. Uh, he deserves this. Uh, he's been getting a lot of, uh, you know, calling for his head already after one year and a half. But uh, big win for him. I think he put those people to bed a little bit. And uh, as Alex said, just patience, patience. So, yeah, we'll see, man. Um, Alec, any last words since you were at that game? Uh, not so much about the game, but it is exciting. You know, when was the last time all the big three Florida teams were ranked? It's been a very long time. 2017. Good point. And before then, I'm sure it was a while too. So, um, you know, that that's exciting. And um, I think all three teams are looking up and um, shaping to have good seasons, respectively. Yep. All right. Let's get to the last team in Florida. That is the Miami Hurricanes, or the one that's relevant at least. Miami Hurricanes. Uh, Trent is wearing his lucky shirt uh, like he does. They're 3-0. Uh, they are going to Temple, and Trent, I will not lie to you, man. I am a little bit nervous. Um, gonna be completely honest with you here. Look, I know they have a big win over AM. I know they won convincingly last week on Thursday night. They completely smoked them, but uh, I still, I still remember last year. I still remember how much it hurt. I still remember all the games they should have won that they lost. Uh, Temple is not as bad as people think. I know they lost to the Rutgers, thirty-six to seven, or whatever it was, but. Uh, Going into that kind of environment uh, with expectations from everyone to win that game, uh, all I'm going to say is trouble is brewing here. I hope they can win. I think they will win. I think Mario Cristobal will prevail. But uh, when it's the fourth quarter, it's 14-7 Temple. I will be nervous. <laughs> Trent, go ahead, man. So uh, I am also a little bit nervous, but I don't think it's for the same reason. Um, apparently, it's supposed to be like thunderstorming and windy in philly this weekend like 90 percent chance to rain all day which makes things very very interesting no matter who's playing because then it just the game turns into a shit show but um outside of the weather um i just think that um this year is just a little more physical uh especially than we've seen in the past they look much bigger in the trenches which alone will you know should should win you these you know, the cupcake games um you know, you're right. Temple's not not a bad opponent. It's not Bethune. It's it's not something that they can take lightly like Bethune. But they're still not very good. And UM, based off what we've seen, and in theory, should just you know just be more physical than them, and it, it shouldn't be a problem. Again, the weather's a factor, but if you don't take account the weather, then you know you, you kind of want to see what UM did against Bethune, which is just kind of execute the game plan, look sharp, don't be sloppy. Um, and just do your job. Um, and I think that, up, you know, every game they've done that so far, you know, every team they've played, Miami, Ohio's not the bad team. As we saw, they just beat Cincinnati. 
Um, and they just did, everyone was just did their job. They were way more physical. Miami Ohio couldn't do anything. Um, I would expect a similar game that they played against Miami Ohio against Temple. Again, pending weather, the the weather always freaks me out, especially if it's a if it's a rain game. But um, Miami's just too big up front, and I think their their running back committee is too good, um, yeah, which I guess helps them if they have to run the ball in the rain. Um, they have a lot of talented running backs. Alex, even I, I think Alex Boyd Fletcher, he might be hurt. I'm not sure if he's going to play against Temple, but they got three other guys to take his spot. Four, maybe four that look that look pretty good. Um, and on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, they're missing Cam Kitchens, who got hurt during the um, Texas A&M game. Oh, he should be back for ACC play. But, again, big up front, very fast uh, in the secondary, especially the safeties. Um, the corners might be a little shaky. Well, well, the jury's still out on that. But all in all, I don't I don't expect a, a huge issue from Temple unless the rain becomes an issue. I had no idea about the weather. Um, I, like I said, I'm with you. I do think UM will win. But I hope it's a by a blowout, but uh wouldn't surprise me if it's a little bit closer than people think. But Ali, what do you think? Yeah, I think Miami will win big too. Uh put a couple points in um in favor of them losing this game, I guess would be it's their first away game um of the season. And if it was in a tougher environment, I'd say uh you know, maybe, but Temple, I I don't think so. Um I think they'll go in and take care of business. But I do have some concerns about the Canes, you know, as they get into the beef of their schedule moving forward. Um, they they're gonna, they got a couple of tough away games um, that they have to go out and play. And, you know, the the, the starting 22 players in the Canes uh, going into the season, you know, as a solid solid group. Uh, outside of the running back room, I, I – I don't know. Trent can correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think that there's much depth. Like if they were to have an offensive lineman go down or if they were to have another star defensive player go down um, or, or, you know, God forbid, you know, a star player go down. So, you know, later on in the season, I think we'll have to keep an eye on that. Hopefully they could stay healthy. I think that'll be the determining factor uh, for their success this year uh, is remaining healthy and kind of keeping on rolling. Um, but I just don't see – I can't think of a reason why they would lose this game, I not from what I've seen out of their performances this season. So, um, you know, I haven't seen really any red flags uh, come out of the Canes so far. So, um, yeah, maybe maybe something happens in the first half, but they're the better team and, and they're, they'll end up winning by whatever – I don't even know what the spread is, but I'm sure it's – I think it's 20 and a half or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. To to respond to the the depth question that Alec had, uh, I think this is the best offensive line Miami has had in 20 years, um, maybe 23 years. Um, And I wish I was kidding. Um, That's not saying (laughs) a lot. They've had some bad offensive lines, but this is a really talented front five for UM. Um, If one of them were to get hurt, there there are some solid – backups but it would not be the same offensive line just because of how big and physical and talented the, the first five is um receivers are Miami has three main receivers which is Restrepo Colby Young and um uh George Jacoby George 
Um, and they've all looked great. I think they're the three leading receivers in the ACC, if not top three in their top five. They've all been great this year. Um, after those three, which by itself, three deep receivers are pretty good, then, then you start getting a little thin. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it, but it's the same for every team. Every team, if your star player gets hurt or one of your main guys gets hurt, it's hard to, to make up that production. Um, they've already gotten a lot of injuries on the defensive line. Uh, they, I think they, they have three starting defensive linemen that are already hurt. Uh, they got hurt the first game or, or against Texas A&M, and they've, you know, the backups have been playing since, and they look pretty solid. Some, some freshmen are getting some time. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you could – every team has that concern. So if people get – guys start getting hurt, then it's it becomes a problem for 95% of programs. But uh, up until this point, except for the defensive line, there hasn't been a whole lot of injuries in Camp Kitchens, obviously. Um, but as of now, there are no long-term injuries, and I think that's that's important. Yeah, I will say this, Trent and Alec. There is a hypothetical world where UM can really be undefeated going into the FSU game. Just saying, there is a hypothetical world. Uh, let, let's There's say a Clemson. hypothetical world for everything. But <laughs> uh, look, Temple and Georgia Tech are next on the schedule. I think we all believe they could be five and zero, and then it really starts to, as Alec said, get to the beef of their schedule with UNC. Uh, going on the road, Clemson at home here, and then Virginia. So we'll see, man. Um, it's going to be a, an interesting next couple of weeks. I do agree that they should take care of business, but uh, last year kind of scares me. But this is this seems to be a new year, new team, new new OC, new everything. So uh, they look good. With that said, guys, uh, we will wrap it up here. Uh, big week of college football, probably the most exciting week we have we've had in a while. Week four, a lot of games, a lot of things will be determined this week in terms of. Uh, ranks and 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 the way we see some teams uh but i would say of all the teams is the biggest week uh for clemson they they uh they really they really uh they went here they're 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 still okay but if they they lose just like bama we got to start having some conversations which we'll leave for next week uh with that said guys thanks for coming on and everyone at home thanks for watching go knows <laughs>